It's been said that every quilt tells a story, and it's so true. But I also believe every quilter has a story to tell. I wanted to hear about the people behind these wonderful quilts and thought you'd enjoy hearing about their lives also. Welcome to A Quilter's Life. Back in May of 2021, I had the privilege of sharing Tori McElwain's story. Tori and Andy Stanfield have come together to bring us another wonderful quilting podcast called Quilting on the Side. So I reached out to them to bring you these updates of what's been happening in their lives since we last spoke. You'll get to hear Andy's next week. Tori has a passion for helping others develop their skills and knowledge. As a coach, author, and teacher, she is dedicated to helping quilters and crafters design and promote engaging and impactful workshops and courses. Tori, I am so excited to get to chat with you again. So much has been going on in your quilting life that I'm anxious to hear all about it. Excited to be here, Paula. Thank you for having me. Uh-huh. When we last spoke, I think it was close to two years ago, you were in Arizona, but you're not in Arizona anymore. Where are you? No, we're a military family, so we've moved again. We are up here in Michigan, in Metro Detroit. It's a bit colder. Have you adjusted to all the weather? Yeah, I've been loving the cold weather. I feel like I spent most of my life just being hot. So being up here with actual seasons. Yeah, I'm loving the seasons. Like we actually get four seasons here, which is the first place we've lived where we actually had four seasons and snow, like actual snow. So it's been really fun. Wow. (laughs) And your family has been growing. You had a toddler two years ago. I still have a toddler, but it's a new toddler. So that toddler is now five. He is in kindergarten now. And we have a new little one. She is a year and a half. How fun. I'm curious, do they play well together? Oh, they do. They love each other so much. That was like one of our main focuses when I was pregnant was to make sure that our then almost four-year-old was feeling prepared to have a little sister, excited to have a little sister. And since then, we've just been fostering that relationship and he's just embraced her. He was so excited to meet her and he loves showing her all of his favorite stuff. And they play together with what they could play with, like balls. They love playing with balls. They chase each other, which is great for like after dinner when they need to wear each other off. (laughs) Or you can just sit there and watch him run around the couch. And you talked about how you love dance and you were into dance so much. So I am picturing that they are dancing around that couch. Well, my son, kind of. He does like music, but my daughter, she dances to anything. Absolutely anything. You put any kind of music on and she starts moving. (laughs) But she's even danced to like my phone alarm. So she (laughs) loves music. She loves dancing. Right now, she's really into Let It Go from Frozen. Not even the whole movie, just that song. And she will ask for it by name and just start singing, let it go, let it go. And like, look at you, like, let it go. Because she doesn't have a lot of words yet. So she just looks at you pointedly and like does her little arm swing dance move. And she's like, let it go. Like, come on, let's play the song. (laughs) She's absolutely adorable. And she does love dance. (laughs) Uh, They're so much fun. 
at any stage, really. We talk about some of the terrible stages, but there are good times in each stage. There are. She's gotten her brother to dance more. So they have their own like little routine to let it go. Or they stomp when she says, here I stand. And there's one part where she talks about the ground. So they both hit the ground together and they both do the arm swing over the head. Like when it's like, let it go, let it go. <laughs> it's really cute to watch them do that together. In the last couple of years, have you picked up any new hobbies? No, I've had no time to pick up hobbies. Uh, well, I mean, unless you count my full-time job. <laughs> so moving from Arizona to Detroit, because the cost of living is so much higher here, I had to get a full-time job to help support my family and daycare. Oh my goodness. I know, I think we talked about daycare last time too and how crazy expensive it was. So we were able to afford daycare for our little one and she's doing great there. She's like a little celebrity. We walk her in, everybody's like, hello, hello. And they don't talk to me, they talk to her. <laughs> And she's 18 months holding my hand and her water bottle. And she walks in like she owns the place. And she says, hi to everybody. And she's just the cutest thing. <laughs> With a full-time job and doing your quilting business on the side, that has to be rough. It is. I don't have a lot of free time, but I do enjoy my business so much so that it feels like a... I hesitate to say hobby, but it is so enjoyable for me. And it's so exciting. So it does help. And how has it pivoted from a couple years ago? Yeah, so a couple years ago, I was a pattern designer and a workshop teacher. And I taught at my local quilt store. I taught virtually online and I taught with guilds. So when I got pregnant with our now toddler, I had to finish some obligations, but I was really sick. And I tried to push myself through and I hit creative burnout during pregnancy. I was exhausted and I couldn't bring myself to do anything. Pattern design, it was the hardest thing to get up and teach, to cut fabric, to do anything because I was just really sick. There was nothing really horribly wrong with me. I just kept getting cold and the morning sickness never left. There was this one pregnancy symptom that you get that where you throw up all the time. I didn't quite get that, but I was nauseous. I had zero energy like the entire time. And then I kept getting viruses from our three, almost four-year-old. So I was just really just under the weather almost the entire pregnancy. And I hit burnout so hard that I still can't touch fabric. And I looked for a new pivot. So I was still really enjoying doing my business. I really enjoyed getting on Instagram and marketing. I really enjoyed coming up with class ideas that was still pretty creative for me that so came back more after I had my daughter and I had more free time and I pivoted to teaching the teacher so now I am focusing on helping filters and crafters turn their craft into a course or a workshop and promote it and that way they can spread the art of quilting or their craft and their hobbies to other people and really help this creative community that we're in um, so that's been my pivot. And this year has been where I've really focused on it. And it's grown all year long. And it's been so much fun to work primarily with crafting teachers. It's been amazing fun. Like I don't, I don't have another word for it. It's fun. It's exciting. And I feel so helpful. Yeah, it's been great with this pivot here. <laughs> <laughs> and I failed to mention as we entered into this part of the conversation, the name of your business. Go ahead and share that. Yeah, it's still the Quilt Patch by Tori. 
I am looking to maybe rebrand it, but that is where I started with selling quilts and then pivoting to workshops and patterns. So it stuck with me even this year into course design and marketing and teaching people how to market their courses. Marketing is huge. We just don't know what all we can do. It is. It's a huge thing. And I try my best to keep it simplified. I've developed a framework to help keep it simple. And it's been really working for my clients and the teachers I've been helping. I love seeing them grow and their excitement over it and watching them turn it from this overwhelming project to bite-sized pieces that they can understand and they can make it part of their creative process and not like something completely separate. That's my goal for them. Well, with you pivoting the quilt patch by Tori, which I think is a great name and you're known by that name. So I would suggest not changing it. But anyway. (laughs) Good to know. That's good to know. Thank you, Paula. (laughs) But with you pivoting your business, does that allow you to still work with your mom? It does. I get to work with my mom. She's my guinea pig. So I think I've mentioned before when we spoke last time that my sister was my guinea pig as she was learning how to quilt and I was teaching her how to do it. My mom this time has been my guinea pig. She has been long arm quilting for 15 years. She does custom work and she wanted to start teaching. She's looking at retirement here. So she wanted to start teaching. So she was my first guinea pig when it came to course creation. So we sat down and we mapped out her courses and I was using my frameworks and my worksheets that I developed for It used to be called the Creatives Course Design Course. It was a mouthful. So I changed it to the Quilt Patch Course Academy. Less of a tongue twister there. But I used all my frameworks and everything to help her set up her courses. And then I helped her launch. So she got to be my first guinea pig when it came to using my own marketing framework to see if it worked for somebody else. So we got in, we got her courses created and outlined, and we got her set up with exactly what she needed when it came to technology. And then we launched and I walked her through how to launch. I've made some graphics for her and we came up with like names and things like that. And then we launched and she'd had an amazing launch. She had six students in for a three week course and it was great and it was easy for her. She really enjoyed it. And then we took a break and that's when I started to make content for course design. So I started a blog where I was blogging about course design and things to help with particularly like hands-on workshops and little pieces here and there that can really help. And then she wanted to launch again. So we launched again using the same framework and it crashed and burned. Like she got no interest Then nothing was building up. So during that time, I was really diving deep into researching marketing. Like I really got really interested in it. And I started reading a bunch of books, listening to a bunch of podcasts. So we used the framework from the previous creative course design thing. So let's use these bits and pieces that I used to do because at that point I hadn't launched anything for like almost a year. So let's use these bits and pieces and some of these bits and pieces that I've been learning about and create a new framework, a new way to launch. And we'll really rev this up and really start from basics and work our way up again. And that ended up bringing in an entire new class that so she had another, I think it was five people coming in. So she had another successful class because keep in mind, this is a three-day intensive free motion quilting on long arms. Of course, it's very specific. And so she was super happy to have a small class because that's what she wanted. She cut off at a certain point because you can only help so many people at once when you're doing that kind of class. So those numbers may not sound impressive, but she was super happy about it. And we were able to launch again. And that was 
another point where I was like, this can help other quilters. So I've had the Quilt Patch Course Academy and we went through it and I realized that afterwards doing testimonials and trying to reach out to people to see how I can improve that course. Cause I'm always, I'm big on feedback. Like ask them how you're doing, look where you can improve because you can improve in every direction. So I'm always asking for feedback for testimonials and seeing where they're at, what they're stuck on. And they were all stuck on visibility. And then that is when I took that framework and I built out a course for it, an entire program. (laughs) And that's where my new pivot is, is with the course design and then following up with marketing, so helping them with digital marketing. Because so many of them are great at going to shows and putting their quilts into shows and getting the word out there in person in their groups in their local communities. But they were looking for a wider range. They were looking to get online on into social media and to really start marketing to individuals out there. So that's where I took that framework and created an entire program out of it. Because at first it was just going to be like a master class or something to get them started. And the more I got into it, the more I realized it would be way more helpful to have it step by step. And to have somebody there to talk to for their business and what they're doing. So it became an entire program and community. And that's where I'm at right now. So she was my first guinea pig. And she's in the program and she's working through it. Because I was doing a lot of the back end work for her. She hired me like a VA to really help her with that launch and do it for her in a way. Where she was very involved in it. Don't get me wrong. But we were working together on this. So now she's in the program so she can learn what I did why I did it. And that's so she can recreate it herself without having to rely on me. So it's been great. Well, that was good too, that you had to help that much so that you understood what your students would be experiencing. Yeah. Like I said, I really believe in getting to know your students, getting to your ideal customer and really understanding what do they need and what you're creating from that. Not only your own inspiration, what you're excited about, what you're curious about, but also what do they need? And then giving it to them. Mm-hmm. You mentioned your sister that she used to be your guinea pig. So I take it she's not doing this course. No, but she was a great backup when I was switching between projects and VAs. And she was reading some of my emails to make sure they were making sense. Because I have dyslexia, so I tend to spell things wrong. <laughs> and I tend to like talk like Yoda when I write. Like you'll have, you know, he talks backwards. So like sometimes I'll have things switched around. She's like, wait a minute, this doesn't make sense. Let's flip that around. And then you got it. She's been helping me a little bit with that. But yeah, mostly she's been doing her own quilting. How fun. She's not just a sister. She's your twin sister. That is so neat that you guys complement each other so well. She's a lot of fun. She was actually here a few weeks ago. She came over for almost two weeks. And she got to see like the launch of the DMMC and she helped me like plan out a few systems. So I was like, how am I going to get them from here to here in this back office thing? It got kind of confusing. So she was there to kind of support me and cheer me on. And when the first person bought the first program, we like celebrated. We were like jumping up and down and we went and got wine and we had like a little glass of wine. We were celebrating together. So it was really nice to have her here and to be, you know, celebrating. So that was really nice. That is so wonderful that she could be there with you at that time. Well, lately you have joined with Andy Stanfield to create the Quilting on the Side podcast. Before we get into the podcast, tell me how you met Andy. I met Andy in our first 
course together. We took a business course for quilters together and we were in the same cohort. And she had messaged me privately on Zoom because we had had her maiden name and my married name were so similar that she was asking if we were related. (laughs) I think she was just reaching out to talk and say hi to different people within the chat. And we just kind of hit it off from there. So we kind of became accountability partners unofficially. We're kind of checking in with each other on how we were doing and we've kept in touch since then. So you just hit it off. Mm-hmm. And when I moved to Arizona, I was in Sierra Vista and she was in Phoenix. So we were about three hours apart. So when Quilcon came to Phoenix, we booth together and that's where we really got to know each other because we got to see each other in person and we shared a booth. So that was really fun. That really gave you experience on if you could work together then too. It did. It did. Because you have to plan out who is going to go where, make sure everybody gets exactly 50%, make sure that we are getting enough promotion for both of us, what is going to serve both of us, like how to do all of that together within the booth. And then how are we going to cover each other with expenses? You know, if someone has to go to the bathroom and someone wants to buy something, how are we going to figure that out? And things like that. So we already had worked out money-wise. We knew how each other thought about payment options, how we worked our business, what our business offered. So when she came to the idea of the podcast, it was an easy yes. You had some experience with podcasting. Did you want to share anything about coffee chats with quilters? I did. I used to do on YouTube. After we had our interview two years ago, I had so much fun. And what I wanted to do was do a little bit of history project on my own and try to see if it was something that I liked. And that's one thing actually I teach in my program was that try it and see if you like it. And it was so much fun. But the only thing I didn't like was I felt like I had to dress up for the camera because it was YouTube. So it was a video. So I always felt like I had to dress up. And then the storage was an issue, like trying to figure out how to store all those videos in the back end to get them up to YouTube and then trying to figure out, do I need to delete it? Do I need to do this? Do I need to do that? So later on, when I started, like I shared, I was diving into researching about marketing. That's when I got into podcasts after we had our chat. And that's why I started getting into like the idea of maybe instead of going back, because what happened with the coffee chats with quilters is when I got pregnant again, I got really sick. So I had to cut out a bunch of stuff, like almost the whole business had to be shut down because I was so sick. And that was one thing I had to let go was the chats. And I miss them because it was so much fun talking to other quilters, other business owners to see what they're doing, what they're creating. And you're nodding because I know that you love it too. And I missed it. And like I said, when Andy came to me, it was an easy yes. And it was from that experience with YouTube and she volunteered to edit everything. So I was like, yeah, (laughs) easy. Yeah. (laughs) And one thing I liked about your coffee chat with quilters was with it being video instead of just audio, like a quilter's life, you got to take pictures or have a little tour of their sewing space. And that was a lot of fun. Yeah, I loved that. Some of them were a little shy with their sewing space, but I was like, no, let's see it. We want to see the mess. We want to see what it looks like when you're in creative mode. Like, please share it. Don't be afraid. And some of them were still like, ah, no, but most of them were like, yeah, look at my sewing space. And they lift up their entire laptop and like give us a little tour. It was really fun. Yeah. So you started quilting on the side with Andy. What is it about? Quilting on the side 
is about helping those quilters who want to create a business but need a side hustle first. So how to take your side hustle and create a business out of it. That's where me and Andy both are at. We actually have the same day job, which I thought was hilarious. We like made the same pivots around the same times, which was hilarious. So it's about more than foundation. So our first season, we did talk a bit about foundations, how to get started and things like that. Our second season, which we actually planned just a couple of days ago, is more about those next steps and how to take your side hustle and make it sustainable so that you can build it up. The goal is to quit the daytime job so that we can be full-time designers or quilters, workshop people, or <laughs> what I'm doing, which was the course creation and marketing. So that's the goal. And that's the podcast. It's just trying to help our community and build our community up to where we can help create a more profitable quilting industry and create a community for those professionals that want to take this from a side hustle to a full business. Because like I said, there's a lot of like foundational stuff. There's a lot of information on how to start, but not necessarily how to grow. And that's where we kind of wanted to fit in was how do we go from basic basics? Like you have a product, you have a course, what's next? My next question down here is the thought process behind starting. So quilting on the side, we started when unbeknownst to Andy, I had a thought in the back of my head after the coffee chats because of the video and the storage. I was thinking of starting my own podcast, but with having two little kids, and then now that we moved to Michigan, I work in a basement. So it's just one big room. So I have no privacy for the most part when it comes to recording and things like that. So there was a lot of logistics I had to work through, but I had this idea in the back of my head that I wanted to start my own podcast. And it was January of 2023. We did a planning session and Andy reached out to me privately and was like, hey, I've been thinking about doing a podcast. Would you want to do a podcast with me? And I was like, um, yes. Like I said, it was an easy yes, but I need to wait a little bit because we had just moved and I was starting this job and we were getting sick. Oh my goodness. Paula, when you move to a new area, I don't know how often you've moved before, but we always get colds. Like you get the local colds. But the thing was, we had two kids going to two different rooms in the same daycare and they kept bringing home viruses back to back the back. So we had everything with a name. We had pink eye. We had COVID. We had flu, the flu. Oh my gosh. It was just a hand, foot and mouth. And it came back twice. We had it twice. That was insane. And then we had the local colds. We had viruses with no names. We had the stomach flu twice. It was back to back to back. So anyway, so I was like, let me put a pin in that and let's wait till summer. So around April or May, I can't remember who reached out for, I think it was me. Uh, could have been Andy. But we reached out together and like, hey, it's getting close to summer. Is this still something you'd like to do? And then we're both just like, yes, let's get this plan. So I made a meeting. We jumped in and we planned it out within a couple of hours and we were good to go. We started recording and we just started publishing and it's been it's great. It's been really fun. And with your marketing expertise, I bet you've really expanded it well. And I'm working on marketing a podcast. It's a lot different than marketing something with visuals. Like I was really good with patterns and workshops and creating projects. So the podcast has been interesting because like you said, it's mostly voice. We've got some video, but with Andy being in charge of video, logistics on how to get video to me, because we don't have like large storage. Again, storage is really hard when it comes with video. So um, that's been interesting. But I was the one that set up the website and she does the editing. Like we split up tasks, I think fairly evenly. And 
like you said, I took over the marketing. So I'm doing website emails. So I'm emailing out the newsletter and things like that. And then our Instagram is our main social media. So I've been running the three of those. And then she takes over the editing and we both work on getting guests. It's been a project, but it's been a fun project. So, so exciting. With both you and Andy so busy with working another job and your side hustle, why do you think you started this podcast? Yeah, I think that's a great question. Our main goal here was that community aspect. I did realize that it is a great marketing avenue for what I've been doing. But our main reason why we started was to create a community of quilters who want to make this a full-time job, but can't get there. Trying to get from A to B can be really hard when you're not sure what's in the middle. So that's where we wanted to create this community. We wanted to help those people get a leg up and we wanted to have a place where we could talk business, where we could talk marketing, we could talk metrics, we could talk lists and nobody goes, what's a list? And what's a lead magnet? Because we've already done that. We've created that. We've got these basics down and we want to discuss how to grow from there. And then we wanted to bring successful people in and ask them, how did you do it? How did you go from side hustle to full-time job? Or if you're in the middle of the side hustle, <laughs> what is working now? What do you see like growing from here? What are you going to do next? It's been a learning opportunity. That's one thing we both love too is learning. We're both on instructional designers for our day job. So we're really into learning and teaching. So it's been really fun to watch that why come to fruition. Um, we're really focusing on building that community. Like we have quarterly plannings that we do. So we get to touch base and see our audience face-to-face at least every couple of months. And we've been planning a retreat. It was kind of funny how the retreat happened because I had all these ideas for these individual little like masterclasses, just like I shared before, masterclasses. And then we'll throw it into a whole program. Kind of how it came about. It was like, let's do a retreat. And Andy was like, hey, after our interview with Bell Brunner, she is talking about opening up a retreat center in Tennessee. We should do that. We should go rent it out. And I'm like, I agree. But how do we get there? So that's where it started, like retreat talk. And then we were like, let's make it virtual and see how it goes. See if our audience really wants this. So that's what we're doing right now is trying to plan this. I'm not trying, but it is planned. We have a guest teacher. I am so excited about it because it has some powerful planning in it that can really set up our community for for the year for 2024 and really help them grow. And it's a really cool retreat that we put together. And then we'll see if we can do it in person either next year or maybe even later this year, depending on the interest and stuff like that. But that's our main why is to help our community and get businesses into the quilting industry and help it grow. And then give us a place to talk shop because again, there's not a lot of places where you can do that. Yeah. And this episode is going to be published after that retreat happens, but I am sure it's going to go well with how excited you are about it. And so if we're interested in that, we can look at your website and find when that next one will be. I'll put up a wait list so you can jump on it and you'll know first if we're doing one in the summer or if we're going to do one in the following year, but we're definitely going to do a number two. Great. I am curious. You two are just so busy, but how does it work? You both have your own individual quilt business. And then you're doing this podcast together. So does the podcast just advertise for both of your businesses or 
How does that all work? So what we do is we meet every week on Thursday mornings, and it's kind of wiggle wobbly if we have an obligation for our full-time jobs. But otherwise, we meet uh, Thursday mornings for an hour and we discuss what's been going on, how the metrics are going, podcast guests, podcast episode ideas, and then we record in the evening. So one week a month, we record. And that's when we invite our guests in. We say we record one week a month and you can pick a night and it's just one really busy week. And then she takes those episodes and she edits them as we go. And then I create the newsletter following that up. (laughs) So it's been working out really well. It is a lot, I will say. So currently we are looking to get it hired out. So we are looking at getting a podcast editor. So that's something we're going to get off Andy's plate is the editing. And then she's also going to pull some clips and do a couple of things for me for the marketing part. So it's going to make it a little more streamlined. It's going to take that off our plate. So that's what the retreat actually is going to help us afford is to get an editor so that we can keep this going and really provide some really good content without drowning in busy work. Mm -hmm. Editing does take a lot of time. Because that's what we want to do. We want to be able to scale our businesses and move forward with them. Yeah. You have another program for your business of the Quilt Patch by Tori coming up. And what is that program going to be? So I have two programs within the Quilt Patch by Tori. One is the Quilt Patch Course Academy. And the second one is the Digital Marketing Magic Community and Program. And it's a mouthful. Again, I'm looking at branding, like maybe I need to change the name a little bit, but it's for digital marketing for quilters and crafters for service providers. So that could be instructors or like a long arm quilter, you know, my mom's long arm quilter. So it really works for her, this framework of digital marketing that I've developed. And so it's for service providers and I launch it every quarter. So we're doing the retreat. And then after that, I'll be launching DMMC, which is the digital marketing magic community. (laughs) So that'll be launching again. I haven't picked the dates yet for open and close, but it should be open through the end of January. And if you're interested in getting any help with digital marketing and setting it all up and having a framework that works, that gets you more visible And I walk you through it step by step. And then we have the community as a part of it where you get a one-on-one strategy session with me. You get group coaching with a small group because we are a small, intimate community. And that's been amazing. And we do study hall. And then we also do social media socials where we come and we socialize and we plan our social media for the next month. So it really gets you going and holds you accountable to not just the program, which again, walks you step by step how to set this all up but it keeps you accountable on being a part of a community and getting the tasks done off your task list. In the study hall, you're not obligated to do anything from the program. You can do whatever you want, but it's dedicated time to stop everything and get something done. (laughs) And that's what I found a lot of creative entrepreneurs need was this dedicated time to knock one thing off the task list. So I always ask in the beginning, like, what's your goal? And then at the end, I ask, did you accomplish it? Like, what else do you need to get this done? And then we go from there. I've had it open now for four months. It's been free for almost that entire time. And I've gotten 51 people joining in for the free trial and they've really found it valuable. And the community part has been just just amazing to have a place where we can talk marketing and look at numbers and look at metrics and help people with their landing pages and their Instagram bios and really get into the nitty gritty of each and every person's business and really help them move forward. It's been great. And I'm so excited for what we're doing in it. 
That is amazing. What a great opportunity those business people have had. What great value we've brought to them. Thank you, Paula. Tori, was there anything else you wanted to share? We had... 2,500 downloads today of our podcast. That was really exciting to wake up to that. That is amazing. It just shows that your marketing works. It was very exciting to watch. We have 18 episodes and we have 2,500 downloads. It's like, it's working. People are listening and hopefully it's helping. We've gotten some emails, actually. I got an email today from an amazing pattern designer that I was kind of fangirling about. I don't even know what to say back to her. I'm just like, but I'm a fan of yours. <laughs> She's going to get probably a pretty giddy email here soon. <laughs> That's always fun. Tori, thank you so much for spending this time with us. And it was great to hear your update. Yeah, it was great catching up again, Paula. Thank you. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You can find more stories on aquilterslife.com or subscribe on your favorite podcast player so each episode will be downloaded automatically. Also, I want to hear about you and your wonderful quilts. Please contact me, Paula Chamberlain, through the website to set up an interview. And as always, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.